0: Become who we want to be as individuals, and at the end of the day, that's gonna help us be a successful
1: offense. And a man, one on one coverage because the safety rolls to Jefferson's side. Jordan Love
0: hit me up the night of the draft, you know, just congratulating me, let me know it was time to work. Um, AJ Dillon was open arms. Hot Rock caught a ball with his thighs. We didn't nah, even
1: talk about it, it was more of with his ass. If he throws a good ball, this is a running, catching touchdown, untouched. Right. Like if KP does like these flips after every win. And I'm like just waiting for him to do his flip. You know, we still love each other. That's what football brings us.
0: You can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Welcome to the Practice Squad Podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark. And you are about to witness not only a lot of good, you know, preseason, getting ready for the season to start football talk, but we will also be reviewing the NFC West today and the you know two pretty prominent and two kind of garbage fire you know teams that exist in that division
1: uh so mark how are you
0: doing today bud
1: i'm good i watched some preseason football which means football is officially back i know we've been saying that for a few episodes but it's actually back games are being played i know they're not real games um john was texting me kind of during the first week of preseason like hey how many of these plays are actually like you know legitimate how many are actually going to be running the course of the season and it's still legitimate football. They're running their actual stuff, but uh obviously no team's gonna show any of their secrets or any of their weapons, truly. Um, but for some of these guys, this is life or death. Like this is making the roster, not making the roster. This is their livelihood, this is their you know, their futures that depend on their performance in these games. And so to that extent, it's still exciting to watch. Dude, um, honestly, like when people say that you know they don't really give a shit about preseason, which if you're a casual
0: football fan. I totally get it, right? Like there isn't a whole lot exciting about preseason. Mm-hmm. But if you're diehard football fans like you and I are, I get just as much enjoyment out of watching the preseason because of exactly what you said. It, it, first of all, it's still football. But second of all, I know the depth on quite a lot of rosters enough to at least know some of you know the rookie guys, the fringe guys, the bubble guys. Yeah. that are literally, as you said, out there fighting for their careers more or less. Um, it, so. it means a lot
1: to these people. I mean, you saw the, the clip of Mahomes after their backup quarterback made a great play. He probably looked more lit up and, and excited than he did at, than after winning the Super Bowl, honestly. Running up and down the sideline, you know, throwing the towel. Like for like he was fired up for this young guy that he spends so many hours with during camp and is, is obviously trying to, uh, you know, train and groom into be being a good player. And that's the kind of stuff that makes you just love it. Right. I mean, so many of my former teammates were, have gone through this, you know, I mean, Khalil Pimpleton and Troy Brown on the giants were in Detroit at Ford field playing my two of my former teammates. We've had Pimpleton on the show. They're fighting for roster spots and like seeing Pimpleton get three targets. I think in like his first, you know, four or five plays in the game in the second half was pretty cool. And to, to, you know, to someone like us where it's means something, it's awesome to watch. Yeah. If you're right. If you're, if you don't, look into football, that detail, you know, we're kind of nuts, John. I don't don't think we're the – I think we're the minority football watchers in the world. Definitely, but they're still value. But there's still value, for sure. And and, um, you see – like in Hard Knocks, watch Hard Knocks, dude. I mean, watch Hard Knocks and see some of these fringe guys that are trying to make a roster. They they show their stories. I mean, these people are doing everything they can. And you kind of fall in love with some of these stories and some of these underdog, you know, routes to success. Some of the best players we've ever seen had to go through that process early in their career and then made it. So, yeah.
0: I mean, like you said, like watching Khalil and I thought he had a pretty good showing for the game. And then, you know, like Maurice Alexander, uh, with that, he, that return. I mean, he changed was his
1: life with that one play
0: and, and literally changed his life because not only was he a French guy, I mean, he never really got a fair shake at it with COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. He, 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 did not have an opportunity to play NFL football initially. Got well, to the see, USFL. He was
1: USFL, yeah. I mean, yeah, but again, before that, that he was that... he
0: was a UPS driver. Which, right. I mean, shit. I mean, you shit, make dude, more money doing was, that nowadays. What right, a story, though. I mean, union but
1: think about it. USFL, nobody watches it, right? I mean, yeah. hey, that's a shitty league. No one cares. It's, it's not the NFL or college. He is now going to be playing on Sundays. You know, hey, man, like, I he's going to make you some You should have signed up
0: when you had the opportunity, man. Like, uh, so, <laughs> hey, uh... Really quick, too, just, you know, while we're quickly on the topic of, of Lions and stuff like that. I mean, I think you already know what I'm about to show here. And if you don't, then I'd be surprised. Who who had an outstanding game? Such an outstanding game, he probably solidified himself as a starter in two games for the Lions. Are you could
1: say Branch? Brian Branch. Brian Branch had a very good opening showing. Jack Campbell didn't look bad. Listen, all the rookies looked like he looked really good jack campbell looked good i wouldn't say really good he looked good he looked solid yeah um, jack, jack campbell looks good he looked comfortable limited looked good. in the limited site that we saw gibbs he looked you know he's gonna be solid um jamo struggled uh he i don't did. know what's going on there i'm mean, getting a little bit worried about that i still believe he, in him so he a lot ran of people good are starting routes his him. hands were not great i i his think... blocking hasn't been great never has been but We'll see what happens here. The I'm one Studfield interception, it. too, that was thrown like too high for him, he didn't even try to catch. Like that was in his range. He could have at least tried to catch it and taken a hit and maybe made a good catch. He literally took his hands and put them down. And it just sailed. Like you can't do that. Like if it's not every ball is going to be thrown perfectly and giving up on it like that is not good. Yeah, I'm start.
0: a. I'm not really going to share my opinions on Jameson Williams until after the season's over because I think everybody's kind of throwing their hat in the ring too early here. Yeah. I think the the hate. Uh, I understand where the question marks are, but I also think that the hate's coming way too early, and the people are you know that are. Fully in his corner. I get it. You want to be in the corner for, you know, the guys that got selected by, you know, our mega genius of a GM, Brad Holmes, um, and support those guys, no matter come hell or high water, but you know, on the, on the inverse, there are red flags. So I get it both ways. I think, I think it's fair to say that no matter what your opinion on him is currently, it's probably not
1: a very, you know, factually based opinion yeah. you're getting too been. high or too low based yeah, on what he's, yeah. what he's done um, but also so, you know building off that john like we said preseason, you you do see a lot right from these yeah. young guys like you can't evaluate a lot i mean we'll we're getting into it right here with with kind of the quarterback play if somebody seems you know you had a lot of rookies get their first action richardson Bryce young cj stroud will levis uh, a lot of these guys got their first action in nfl and you know Trey Lance, who's a third-year guy. He's still getting a lot of preseason action, and we're still learning a lot about him. Like yeah, none I'm of them really shined. Too. No, none nope. of them really shined. Hey, bef- before we actually get into the
0: preseason and talk with the rest of this stuff, because there's going to be a lot of good stuff there. Um, you know, if you if you watch, you know, the ticker here, there's a there's a quick part that comes in that says remind Mark to take the ACT. Now I've done a really good job reminding Mark to take the ACT. And last time I said, hey, like, didn't you say the next test is in September? September. Yeah. And and what did you say when I asked when the sign-up deadline for that was? You went, well, I don't know. I don't know what the sign-up date is for that. Well, before the show started, thankfully, I went and looked it up. And so you're actually in the, the late zone already. The, the deadline's August 18th. So you got three days to sign up for the September 9th test date. So, I mean... Where you at Mark? Like you got three, you're already paying the late fee. Okay. Yeah. See that August 18th, late registration deadline. So here, you need me to zoom in for you? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll I can see sure. it. No, no, I'm, I'll I'm make just... sure you got a good visual on it just so that we can kind of see, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah,
0: it's coming up. Yeah. It's coming, coming up. Like you got like 48 hours to kind of get signed up here. I'll, I'll send this link to you just to make sure that you got it. So, you know, it's, Make sure it's added into the chat so you don't forget, right? And I just want to make sure you don't forget about yeah, the the bet that you lost and the ACT you have to take because you lost that. Bat.
1: Listen, John, I'm an honorable man. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> take this damn thing. I'm just hey hey. As the ticker says,
0: I just I'm here to remind you. I'm here to make sure that the reminders are happening.
1: Well, consider me reminded.
0: Okay, good, good, yeah, definitely. Um, because you know, like when I asked last week, you're like, I don't know when the deadline is. Well, it turns out it's coming up real quick. So well, I knew it was coming sure. up. Yeah, I just want to make sure you're good. You know. All right. So let's hop into these preseason games. And I just have kind of all these as a refresher. Um and, you know, I mean I watched it is preseason, so I'm not trying to say that I like got highlights of every single game, but I watched a good chunk of them. Um I would say the one that stood out to me the most as far as rookie quarterback play is that I feel really, really bad for CJ Stroud. Um, not even because he played badly because he did play badly. It's because, man, your first showing as an NFL, you know, rookie quarterback is against the Patriots defense. That sucks. <laughs> like, cause I'll check it had his number, man. I uh, had his exactly number. It. it doesn't matter the talent that's out there. That is a Bill Belichick defensive scheme that you're going against. And if you're a rookie quarterback, that is hell. Like, I I seriously can't imagine, even if C.J. Stroud, you know, had eight weeks under his belt, if he ran into the Patriots defense, they were going to give him a really hard time. I mean, shit, they gave the Lions offense a super hard time. They shut them out last year, and the Lions offense was the top five in the league. Like, that sucks. (laughs) So. Um, you know, not trying to to take any opinions on on Stroud in the slightest here because of the fact that that was you know one of the worst situations you could probably get thrust into as you're welcome into the NFL moment. So that stunk. Um, another one that was rough was Panthers for different reasons. Uh, Bryce Young had no protection. I mean, that offensive line did not exist. The dude, poor that was against most football.
1: of the Jets' second and third team pass rushers like it wasn't yeah. like it was hey here's our starters we're gonna go get after them it was mostly their second and third guys that were still getting home putting pressure on him he i mean he was getting hit a lot yeah and that was the big question bringing in a small undersized quarterback like that with the number one overall pick is can you protect a guy from because he's not physically gonna be able to take many of those hits yeah you know, he's a tough kid but that and uh and look in his or i
0: guess the panthers defense the jets have a very deep pass rush so they do it's not to say that they were going up against complete schmucks and you got to be better than that though like and if that's what the panthers have to look forward to from an offensive line standpoint this season they're not going to win very many games because they have a really good defense but their offense needs to you know kind of be like middle of the pack if they actually want to do anything
1: yeah, um, John. Can I give myself some credit here? Since we've started the episode, slandering me about my last year's uh, being wrong about that Lions over under bet. Yeah, I mean, I'm can not slandering re- you. Can I remind my name? I'm well, reminding, yeah, reminding you. me, but it also slanders that uh, I was it, it slanders wrongfully your, betting your deadline attention to detail. Just that so just too, to make but also I was wrong, grossly wrong on the Detroit Lions over under last year. You sure weren't wins. So, I'm on the right track this year, though, in some predictions. Because a few episodes ago, if you are a consistent listener, called Delvin Cook going to the Jets. That's confirmed has happened. Yep. Um, And I also want to say that Richardson, not a good showing in his first game. Maybe too early to get a little bit high, Um, but he was named a starter. Uh, And I want to get into this because I don't know what you think, but I think that's kind of premature considering he played in one preseason game. I think and that's didn't say being great. super
0: irrational. I think, I think that's just standard his inability to, you know, have patience or rationality towards much of anything related to him owning the team. Uh, I'd say as far as owners go, he has his hand in the pot way too often and doesn't really let the general manager just do his freaking job or the coaches for that matter. Um, and yeah, he, I mean, look, Richardson looked nervous and, it showed
1: and um the one interception was really really bad like that's the scare that's what scares me is his his high is obviously high like he's a talented kid he can do some things athletically that not many people can do but that kind of consistency um isn't going to cut it in the league I mean you can't have one really good throw one maybe athletic run or scramble and then just turn it over off your back foot yeah, you I mean, know, if just, you want to run like a
0: wildcat type package, literally every single yeah, day, go I, I for don't it, know, that's not going to get you.
1: It just far. feels premature. I just feel like they're clearly investing in their future. They're basically saying, "You're going to be our guy. We hope you're our guy. We're just going to throw you in the fire and help you figure it out." They kind of did the same thing with Peyton Manning way back when they just yeah started him. I mean, I think he in his first he game, was horrible his first year. season. He led the he led the NFL in interceptions, yeah. and they were not good. Um, obviously, he ended up being Peyton Manning, so. It worked out for him, but I don't know if, uh, if Richardson is Peyton Manning.
0: Yeah, I think that's the exception rather than the norm, for sure. And I look, I mean, the best way for him to develop, if you're all in on this guy being your starting quarterback of the future, which if you've taken him fourth overall, I assume that's the expectation. And so that's good. Um, but like that there's, there's pros and cons to taking it that way. I, I the con is you're not going to win very many games this season. Maybe they accept that you, 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 and I talked about this before we got rolling. Like maybe they're just expecting, Hey, it is more valuable to us as an organization that Richardson is thrusted into that position so yeah. that he can develop and learn as quickly as possible. Cause that is the best way to develop and learn is to just be forced to play at that high of a level for an entire season. Um, but you're accepting then the fact that this season's going to probably be brutal. And if that's what the Colts are accepting, then that's what the Colts are accepting. Um, I, I, I think and Gardner
1: Minshew Gardner Minshew like has shown in real NFL games that he's more than capable of competing and winning them. I mean, he came in and backed up when Jalen Hurts was hurt last year. He yep. looked good for the Eagles. He looked good for the Jags when he started there. Like he has shown enough to definitely at least get past week one of preseason before he well, gets in the back. That's backup. kind of what it's I'm like, thinking what are,
0: is like, why don't you like let Richardson at least develop for the first, you know, three or four weeks of the regular season? Like what's the loss in that, right? Like I, I don't, don't think he's I gonna
1: Yeah. I mean and then like you said, use him in certain packages, kind of get his feet wet a little bit right. um and ease him into this thing rather than just throw him into the fire. Oh another thing too to give myself credit on that I forgot about a few episodes ago. We were talking about the 49ers quarterback situation. Brock Purdy coming back. Sam Darnold was mentioned. And I said, who was going to be the second string or maybe the starter? Sam Darnold, right? Yeah. That's tanking. He might be third string. He might be on the trade block. He might be, I don't know, because he didn't look good as preseason game. So, by the
0: way, new new introduction to the Practice Squad podcast. Uh, We do have an NFL Plus subscription, which means that we have access to all 22 film. You're welcome, everybody. We can now analyze all 22 film. Um, Unfortunately, for preseason ball, uh, they don't have that, but we will have it for the regular season. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, this is the one play that I take away from Trey Lance is he somehow didn't throw an inter... This turned into a touchdown, but it was to no credit to Trey Lance, and the camera angle doesn't necessarily do the best job. What happens here is it bounces off of the uh, defensive back's hands, and then... He makes a diving catch for it. So I'll back this up again. So you'll see here, rolls out, throws it pretty much straight to the D-back. Bounces off his hands there. 17 didn't catch it. Some tight end or something who dove for it. And is the one that, was that Kittle that caught it? No. No, I I was about to say. Dwelly. Dwelly. So I, one of the more fluky plays that I saw in this preseason, um, but yeah, look, if, if you look at some of the other, you know, plays and I don't have really any in specific, if I'm being honest here, but
1: uh, they were not great. He did not look good. Um, and the, these are moments where the the film uh, tells the truth and stats will lie, right? On the stat sheet, that's a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> right. When you actually watch the film, that, that should not have that is, been a That should have that's, been that's, an that's interception. That's a downgrade. Yeah, that's a downgrade. That's a, That's a bad grade. Uh, on that play for Trey Lance. And again, we, you know, they believed in Trey Lance. They came up in the draft to get him. Um They really thought this was going to be their guy. They got, they, they let Jimmy G walk because they thought they really believed in this guy. And thank God that they got Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. And they got, they were right on that one, because if they were wrong, the 49ers would be in a very different place and they would be really struggling at that quarterback situation. You know, and, and listen, the quarter, you only go as far as your quarterback can take you. I mean, they can have a great system like they have every year, a great defense like they have every year, a great coach. But you need a quarterback that can at least function in what you're asking this this offense to do. And Trey Lance just isn't getting it done. Uh, I know he's a limited opportunity, but this is year three for him. And yeah. we've seen enough of him to, to think that there's going to be some kind of improvement. But...
0: Speaking of other quarterbacks that are in year three, just to bounce back to the sheet. Jordan Love didn't look too bad. He
1: did not look um, bad.
0: They they kept it very comfortable for him. Uh, they weren't asking him to, you know, be Aaron Rodgers, but that's fine, right? That's you don't fine. have to be Aaron Rodgers to win games. I think they're just trying to see what they have in Jordan Love. And honestly, like, he completed some really good passes. He did a lot of really, um, you know, impressive stuff if you're just saying, hey, can you be like a game manager quarterback? Can you do your job? Um, so I, you know, I, I was pretty impressed with, with love showing. And then a, as a saints fan here, you know, I got to also mention, man, when they had their starters versus the KC starters for that, like one drive or whatever it was, dude, I think Carr will actually be the solution for the saints offense. That has not been present for the past three years. I think you don't uh, think
1: that's an overstatement, Sean. I don't think an overreaction. So.
0: I think the dude's freaking l- look, call it overreaction. That's fine. Um, I think that this opportunity for him has made him more locked in and dedicated to this game than he's been in years because he had to pull it all together just to get the, the Raiders into an okay spot because of how horribly they were managed. And again, I'm not saying this with Saints fan bias. You can go and look at any episode prior to us trading to Carr. I said, Carr is the rock for that team Well, the ownership, the coaching, the management is... Like basically, just snorting cocaine and drafting whoever, and they go up and killing people and doing stuff. And then, you know, car has literally no weapons to throw to. It's always turbulent mid season firings, all of that stuff. He's finally in, in a stable situation, right? Uh, they've had the same freaking GM for years, same ownership, not making irrational decisions. They always have, you know, good roster management, all of that stuff. I seriously think that's the situation that he needed. And now that he has it, I think he's going to be in decent shape. Saints offensive line is middle of the road. The receiving core is above average. The running backs are, I would say, maybe average or slightly above average. And then you still have a top 10, top five defense in the league. After seeing what the Panthers offensive line was able to do in protecting Bryce Young, I'm feeling pretty good about the Saints' chances to win their division. And yes, I will say that after... Two drives. I'm <laughs> gonna say
1: overreaction, but hey, you know you believe in it. You're strong. We'll, we'll, we, it's out there for everyone to know and hear that John strongly believes in the Saints, and we'll he'll hey, be hey, maybe that.
0: that's our bet. Should we do another under over eight wins? and Then figure out a no, because I don't as ridiculous as the ACP? I'm not as
1: invested in the Saints as you are. So <laughs> all right, plus um, that division is god awful very very bad um
0: that's all the games that i caught personally i i was hearing some chatter about justin fields like you know everybody was going nuts over him and then i saw like a bunch of idiot bears fans and a bunch of idiot other fans basically I mean, arguing. Listen, they were
1: short passes where the receivers made plays right. like it's not again you can't get too high or too low on preseason trevor lawrence looked good um and the jags offense looked good even when they got into their backups um I mean, again, it's, it's pretty oh, Steelers looked football. good. Steelers. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, well, but again, it's line. preseason. You can't get too high or too low. I mean, listen, dude, the Ravens have won what 29 straight now preseason games. Can we talk about that for a second? That might be one of the crazier stats. There is. Yeah. That's it's insane. I don't know how that's you insane. do that. How many years is that?
0: I think that's like I seven mean, years. Yeah. It's seven years straight of, of winning all your preseason games. And look, I'll say this much. I think that's a great testament for how good of a coach Harbaugh is getting, you know, literally guys that are probably going to get cut and having them play proficiently enough to, you know, beat the guys on the other side of that football. Right. I mean, I think it's a similar, I don't know what the Patriots, you know, win streak is for preseason. I assume Bill check is a similar situation where no matter what guys he's coaching, they're going to be playing at least okay football, you know? So that's kind of how i feel insane. about it. it's it's, it's impressive. an insane stat. it's very impressive. Yeah. now if only they can translate that to, you know, yeah, regular season games. wins <laughs> and winning playoff games. yeah, that's that's the big thing. um other big thing patriots uh, speaking of signing
1: zeke um to a one year deal to play center. Uh, i'm just kidding. hey, this is a good <laughs> fit for them. this is a good fit for for anywhere for where zeke should go this year. Uh, now this is not the same Zeke that we've known, right? This is a little bit, a little bit slower, a little bit bigger, more of a power back. He's a good alternate back for new England to have. Yeah. You mix it. You mix him with Stevenson. They like to run the ball there. They like to get, you know, downhill. He's a good, he's a good back to have. He fits their system. He fits the Patriot mold. Uh, he is a team guy. I've heard, you know, a lot of people can say a lot of things about Zeke, but I've had people that have actually played with him say he's one of the best teammates and wants to win more than anybody on the roster. Yeah. So, And I mean, and as I you said,
0: great, great blocking running yeah. back too. good, good at lead blocking, good at pass protection. So um he's a good fit. Yeah. He's, it's a, good no, sign he's a really good fit. I think it's a good fit for the system and obviously like didn't overpay for him, which is obviously nice too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in support of this deal for sure. Um, I, I definitely think it's a good landing spot. I'm happy that him and Delvin both on a, la- a landing spot. So obviously, Cook going to the Jets, as Mark said, he called it like a month ago. So hats off to Mark for that one. This, pretty much as makes, soon as he was cut. This, right? Dude, this you
1: know? just makes the Jets, like everything is pointing to the Jets really being the team to beat. You know, besides the Chiefs, obviously. Besides their the Chiefs. their biggest but,
0: question, ironically, is their offensive line. That all of a sudden has kind of become the narrative of, okay, you got your wide receivers, you got your run game, you, you have a everything. stellar defense, and literally, yeah. can you block for Aaron Rodgers? That's the big point of concern. They've been battling injury. They're not very deep. So the question is, is can their starting offensive line stay healthy, and is that enough as is,
1: right? That's kind of the big Listen, question. Listen, too, though, if there is ever a quarterback that – can handle having maybe not the best offensive line. It's a guy that knows how to get the ball out early, go through his progressions quick, is really good at pre-snap checks and audibles and make sure that his team's always in a good play. And they're going to give Aaron Rodgers the freedom and him and Hackett have this chemistry that clearly worked in green Bay where they didn't have the best offensive lines those years where he was winning MVPs and winning the division right. with ease. Aaron Rodgers makes that old line's life way easier. He puts way less stress on them. He's not going to drop back in the pocket with these five step drops and hold on to the ball and really look to take shots down the field, he's going to make pre-snap decisions. He's going to have all of his check downs built in. He's not going to take a lot of hits. He's not going to force them to have to block for very, very long amounts of time. So if there ever was a quarterback where they can still win games and survive with a good defense, it's Aaron Rodgers. He makes it, you know, you saw with Tom Brady, he did it for many years where the O-line wasn't great. And he's able to just get the ball out, manipulate the pocket you know, quick easy throws and just kind of chunk your way down the field rather than you know, what some of these quarterbacks do, they sit back there all day. Like Josh Allen will sit back there all day and and wait for something to open up and make plays with his legs. Rogers beats you just with his mind, you know, before the before the play even starts. I agree
0: that it won't be a a huge hindrance up until the point that it is, right? And like
1: right and so I really I think think this
0: team Right and I mean that's what K C ran into against Tampa in the Super Bowl, right? It's like, okay, the offensive line wasn't really a problem for them that year until they went up against a very disruptive front seven and uh mahomes going
1: to do anything that game um, to come so, out of the AFC. You're going to have to, you're going to have to protect the quarterback. I mean, got yeah, it's right. simple. There's, there's some really good pass rush teams coming out on, on the AFC side. So, yeah.
0: but look, I, I completely agree with you. Like the, the jets are not only reloaded. looking like, like a, you know, it, pretty much like shoe in for the playoffs. They're probably looking like a shoe in to win a few playoff games um, and it's a very, very competitive AFC, so I don't want to get too high on them. But like, definitely in the top, you know, two or three AFC teams to be in the Super Bowl conversation with what they got going on as well. That's why you go out and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers to get you over the edge and make that happen.
1: So, thinking of and and listen, I'm biting, I'm biting on the bait, right? They're a hard knocks team. You're seeing a lot of it. It's just, it's just forced. Your eyes are just like, you know, you're forced to watch the Jets and news about them. But they're they're the second best betting odds to win their division. The Bills are the best. I like those odds. I think the Jets, I think the Jets are the team to beat in that division with Mr. Aaron Rodgers coming in um, because I just I just don't think the Bills have the consistent running game. And no offense because I love them, but Josh Allen, I don't know if he can compete with Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, it comes down I mean, to it. i they excited. open up the season, by the way. Those I was two about to say, season.
0: I'm excited to watch them play week one. And then I don't know when yeah. the second game is, but just the fact they're going to have a rematch too is very yeah. exciting. So... Um, yeah, it should be some good stuff. So moving on to the NFC West. Um, I really like this division. Uh, this tends to be one of the, the divisions that I, I pay a little bit more attention to through the season in general, Um, primarily because of the Niners. And then the past couple of years, obviously Stafford going to the Rams have paid a little bit more attention as well. Um, but look, I mean, the Niners, you know, 6-0 and in the division, 13-4, and Uh, We're playing a really competitive NFC championship game until they had literally no quarterbacks on the roster to go out there and try to finish the game out, which sucks honestly, because um, of what they're able to put together this season. Um, Seahawks kind of the surprise team. I think everybody kind of expected them to finish last in the division. They end up finishing second nine and eight wild card um, with a last minute win against the Rams um, on some pretty interesting circumstances from a, from a, zebra standpoint but i guess uh you know lions fans are probably the only people that are bitter about that um rams coming in third five and 12 obviously plagued by injuries plagued by free agency losses so the super bowl hangover um you know was really 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 bad for them and it's probably it's gonna still continue going to be bad
1: yeah.
0: yeah they're uh you gotta decide rams fan.
1: was it worth it was it worth it to, to have all the glory and the, the it's ring? worth it it's worth it <laughs> It's always worth it.
0: Do you think the Tampa fans are upset about what Brady was able to give to them now that they're in trambles, which we'll talk about the NFC South, uh, but in two weeks here. So, and then Cardinals not only finishing last in the division, losing their franchise quarterback to an ACL injury, but are also not looking good for this season. And frankly, um, we're going to be going through their draft class rather than watching a whole lot of film on them, um, for this episode, because I don't know what to show you guys. Right. Kyler's out, so quarterback's a huge question mark. Their offensive line needs a lot of repairing. Their defensive line is gonna look entirely different. Um, they I lost mean Hopkins. It's lost, lost D Hop. They lost a lot of their primary green retired, right? <laughs> so receiving core looks so like as far as using last year as a proxy for some things that they're gonna be doing well or have we have questions about going into this year, we have no landmarks whatsoever. We have we have no roadmap. We're going in blind. I think they're not going to be. Oh, yeah. By the way, different coach and GM too, right? So not even (laughs) the system's the same. Um, So we'll get to them last. And if you're a Cardinals fan, I'm sorry. We don't have a whole lot to talk about. um, So don't get your hopes up. Starting, however, with the Rams. Look, Mark, uh, what is this? Matt Stafford interception. (laughs) The fact that his odds are,
1: he has minus odds to throw a pick, on. It's not great.
0: I was going to get into this to start. I was like, all right. So obviously Mark picks out a lot of the highlights and film that we do for these videos. And I knew the minute that I turned on the Rams, that one of the very first things that Mark was going to shove in our face was Matt Stafford's interception problem.
1: He led the league in picks, man. He led the league in picks. He was on track to do it again until he got hurt. Like that's a problem. That's a huge problem on a team that doesn't have the same like overall weapons and defense that they had when they made that Super Bowl run. Yeah. Yeah. if it's you following uh,
0: uh, Brady's track, um this is probably likely to be his last season. Uh his wife is calling for it and he tends to listen to her, you know, um her opinions pretty closely. Um I think that he's he's beat up. He's old, um, unfortunately. And while we appreciate the time he gave us in Detroit, he after that Super Bowl win does not look like his former self. And I think this last year is probably gonna be or this year is probably gonna be his last. Um and yeah, interceptions were a problem last year. Uh, the problem, offensive line a problem
1: the Super Bowl year,
0: yeah, and the they, offensive line um, is not doing him any favors either. So that's another thing to consider. Um, it's it's going to be rough for the Rams' offense. Honestly, I would expect a whole lot of you know Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, and then when that doesn't work. I don't know what the hell else you're going to do for the rest of your offense for the, for the most part. Um, that's kind of what it t- was turning into last season already. And then both got injured and then they didn't really have a whole lot going for them the rest of the season. Um, except, you know, Baker Mayfield coming in there and, you know, flirting that perfect line. Where uh, we got screwed over having like you know a top three pick because Baker Mayfield yeah. wanted to win, Baker some games. had to go clutch time. But on the flip side, couldn't win enough games where the Lions actually make the playoffs because yeah. they couldn't beat Seattle last minute. So thanks a lot, Baker Mayfield. Really appreciate you. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty rough there. Obviously, definitely a problem last season for him. Um,
1: now I don't only okay, what is this show? What the is ne- this I don't only show one? the negatives. This is his. This is his no look pass in the Super Bowl. One of the, I'll say one of the best passes, considering the circumstances, on a game winning Super Bowl drive of all time. There's no yeah, look passes legendary. that we see Rodgers do, that we see Mahomes do, that we've seen Stafford do a million times. That's like, oh, that was awesome, and it's on SportsCenter, Center, and they talk about it, and they show highlights of it. To do it with the game on the line, driving legendary. to try to win the Super Bowl, with those stakes. This is the kind of crazy shit that is the same reason I hate Matthew Stafford and talk about him not being elite, because the fact that he was willing to do this in this moment of the game, it's so risky. It's not even funny, (laughs) but the fact that it works makes him look like he's got balls of steel. He
0: also so, uh, popularized, you know, the sidearms that, that Mahomes does all he the did, time. He did. But, um, you know, back then he was getting MF'd all the time for taking the risks on those sidearms. As arms he because... should because
1: he does it. There's times where it's necessary and there's guys that can do it at a high clip consistently. He wasn't one of those guys for a lot of his career. He was kind of doing it just to do it. But I'm telling you, to give him, to give him his flowers while he's still playing, this was one of the best throws I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, and I mean watching this moment live was just incredible. Um I mean seriously, as Mark said, like one of the more iconic uh passes in all of Super Bowl history. I think a lot of people will remember this play for a very long time. And when I think of Matthew Stafford, I think of no-look passes and some crazy ass sidearms and him hauling it to Calvin Johnson in triple coverage. I don't think of the the high interception rate. Um I get I get Mark's opinions. I I understand, but you know, I, I have trouble hating on the dude that I watched for a decade play for the Lions because um, he did give us everything he had. And, you know, another thing that we would show um if we had the time for it, but it's it's so dated, it doesn't even matter, is, you know, the times that Matt Stafford has won games playing through injury. You know, that Browns game was, was pretty legendary. I've seen him come back, you know, minus three touchdowns against the Saints uh, in Ford Field. Um, what was that? Like six, seven years ago is a long time ago now, but that was, that was a legendary he's game. He's had some crazy games, he's had super some, crazy, He's games. had some bad moments. He's his an up fourth and down quarter guy. comeback ability is crazy. Um, but that means that he had to not play so great for the three quarters before that. So that's always the knock on Matthew Stafford, man. His highs are really high and his lows are pretty low. Um, and you know, he's always had a receiving weapon. Um, and for a long time, it was Calvin Johnson past few years. It's been triple count. Crown winner, Cooper cup. Uh, he's getting a little long in the tooth as well. But um, one thing he will always be elite <sighs> at is his route running. I mean, he just burned the shit out of that. He, corner, dude. He's
1: <laughs> I don't care. what Anyone says he's like just the purest receiver in the league in terms of the actual technician of the position, consistent hands. He blo- There's not a weakness in Cooper cups game. And there's only a few receivers you can say that about. And I think that he does so many things so damn well. He's the best at a lot of things at the receiver position in the NFL. And Dude, it's that, just
0: that play here is, is, incre- I mean, that corner do you was see following the, do you see the head fake? Man. Well, do you yeah. see the,
1: the, the, the deception of his, with his shoulders and his head? That's what yep. sells it. And um, he, he just does this stuff so consistently. It actually is sick. Um, He's a problem. And there's a reason that he gets targeted at such a high share. There's a reason that Stafford's looking his way all the time. There's a reason that when Stafford's been asked in the past in interviews, him or Kelvin Johnson, that he doesn't have a clear answer and we're talking about megatron here we're talking about our first battle hall of fame or one of the best we've ever seen and when they say hey him or cup he's like the both he can't give a clear answer because that's how good cooper Cup's been for him in this short time that they've been together and it's nothing against calvin johnson
0: no it's, it's, it's everything the, for the cooper to, cup yeah the compliment and this guy doesn't totally get enough credit man
1: he no. doesn't get enough credit again last year before his injury he was the number one player in fantasy football he was on track to win the Triple Crown with, with, by even a larger margin than he won it the, first year, the year before, and the Rams weren't as good as a team, and he was doing this. I mean, they didn't even – like Robert Woods was hurt. They, they, they were not as good weapon-wise, and he was still on track to do that. So I don't want to hear any slander about Cooper Cup. One thing the Rams have is this dude, and that ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So if he stays healthy, he's an absolute problem for anyone they
0: play against. 100 percent um and with as shitty as the rams offensive line is i think that uh they still you know are gonna be competitive because they got stafford they got cup and they got mcvay scheming and he'll yeah. figure it out to at least exactly you know, it, and one, thing I'll, one thing so. i'll point
1: out john before we move into the 49ers here is yep. if you're worried if you're a fantasy player and you're worried about hey cooper cups the only guy on this team like they're just gonna double him he's gonna be hard for him to get open McVeigh does a great job of moving him around, motioning him, and having him line up at a different spot every every single play. So it's really hard to double somebody that's moving like that because you don't know where he's going to be on any given snap, and you don't know if he's going to motion, and if you don't, you don't know if he's got double moves or option routes. Um, because Cooper Cup reads defenses just as well as a quarterback does, so he's going to find soft spots in zone. He's going to know what he has to run on certain option routes to get open. He's going to know how he has to stem and attack different uh, defensive backs. So because of how smart he is and because of how smart McVeigh is, I wouldn't worry too much about stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I personally, and you can go look at our fantasy episode if you you know want more information and kind of mark and I's opinions. I personally wouldn't see him as like a first-round wide receiver because of just there are risks. There's risk of him being the only weapon, there's risks of him, you know, with injury. The fact that you know the Rams aren't going to be as good of a team this year, and I tend to favor, you know, really solid offenses that score a lot of points, that get the ball around to a lot of people. Um, but if he's still there in your second, third round, and you know you're you're looking for somebody to take a flyer on, I definitely think he's he's worth considering. Um, but you also I'm taking, a, I would Rams. take
1: him first round still. I still think he's worthy of first round pick. I think right. he's probably, I take him as like the third or fourth receiver.
0: Mark and I are in disagreement there, but that's all good. Um, so, okay, Mark, explain to me what, what we're going through for this, this run play here. So
1: this is, this is a run play that seals the game, um, against the Seahawks last year. And basically what they're saying is you give on any play when, when, when coaches are breaking down the film, you give you, you get a plus or a minus. It's not like a letter grade of ABDE, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. No C's, no average. Like you get a plus for doing your job and doing it well, or you did a minus you didn't do your job, right? It's there. It's pass or fail. Got so it. everyone so on this play, is every single everybody. person on this play had a got a plus. And if you play in super slow-mo, John, you can watch. We'll watch it a couple times, too, just to see. The blocking scheme is awesome. The play call is awesome, one. But watch watch just the front side, which they're going to run to the left here. Kyle Juszczyk has this um, Quandre digs here, isolation block. They block down to down zone scheme, wash everything down and then watch what they watch what Trent Williams is able to do to get to the second level and create you see what 60 does he comes off a block it's the next yep. level Trent Williams gets to the next level and now it's just running back one on one with a safety in the hole and even he does his job making one guy miss if you're running back in the league with this much space you're expected to be able to make a guy miss and uh he does this is just an all-around, this, and this is what the 49ers do. They push people around. They communicate blocks extremely well. They do these these zone-scheme run plays better than anybody in the league, and the Shanahan system has been doing that long before Kyle was ever a head coach. His dad used to do the same stuff. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk's one of the best fullbacks in the league at blocking. Kittle's one of the best blocking tight ends. They have the best tackle in football. They're just, this is what they do. And if you allow them to do it, they're going to run the ball down your throat all game long and this seals the game for them. This first down right here was to clinch the game. Seattle had to get a stop to have a chance and clearly couldn't get off the field. But even and backside the, they they walled off. I mean it's just it's pretty rare honestly uh when you watch a play where all 11 dudes are win just their, winning win their, their job, right. Yeah, it's really um, really rare.
0: And what this opens up um which I'm sure we'll have some discussion about is the, the play-action game, right? Is that their run game is so deadly and something that you have to respect so much, not only with their blocking, because their blocking is incredible. They have arguably the best blocking tight end in the league. Um, their, their running backs are not afraid to block, and their offensive line is really, really, really good. But then you guys, you have guys like Debo and Christian McCaffrey and Ayuk, Um, And what's special about Debo and Christian McCaffrey is they can disguise themselves as running back or receivers. And it, it gives Shanahan so many options to give just such a crazy variety of looks, crazy variety of different motions that you can use with any of these guys. And it makes it very difficult to prepare for his defense. And it makes it very difficult to figure out if you need to respect the run game or respect the pass game on any given play because you don't even know which guys are technically receivers or running backs in any given play. Oh, and they can all
1: block really well too. So it gives, it gives Shanahan this, it it (laughs) gives Shanahan this unique ability, the way that you can use Kyle, you Debo McCaffrey and Kittle. And not to mention their third and fourth string running backs, like Elijah Mitchell, like those guys are good. So you have all of these different guys that you can manipulate where they line up in motion, how you get them the ball. Obviously, scheme wise on a play it can mess with the defense but not only that before the play even starts personnel wise you can screw with teams he can he can make it look like it's going to be a heavy run set because you got you got use check in kittle in another tight end all you know mccaffrey let's say you took debo out and you're like oh they're gonna this is gonna be a heavy run play and all of a sudden they line up and it's a wide spread out formation you're like what and you subbed in your run defense you subbed in an extra d lineman or, and you took out your, right. you know, your dime package and you put in another linebacker, another down safety to tackle, and you're like, oh, shit, they're going to throw here. And now you're not, and you can't sub again once you've made that sub.
0: Right. Um,
1: so they can really toy with defenses before the play even begins, before there's ever even a motion. Then when you start talking about motion and moving these guys around on top of it, it's, it's electrifying. And Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches in the league, at using what he has personnel-wise to just torch you. I, and I put in like highlight reel plays like Debo Samuel. There's only a few guys in the league that can do this. And I remember sending this to John. I was watching this game live. He he really is a grown man that looks like he's going back and playing, you know, JV football. Like some of the, he's making these dudes who are professionals. These are the best in the world on defense, yeah. best tacklers in the world look stupid. The the way he runs in space um, and I know it's it's That's not, Jalen Ramsey. He makes miss. I know
0: the I know um, it's not a one to one comparison because of the positions they play, but the way he runs in space reminds me so much of the highlight reels of Barry Sanders that I watched as a kid where it's like it doesn't matter like where he is on the field, where the defense is in proximity. He can make anybody miss in space. It's ridiculous. And he like you said, Mark, I mean, he makes. Four or five guys look like complete morons on this play that are incapable of tackling another person on a football field, which they're all paid millions of dollars to do. It's ridiculous what he's capable of. Um, he's one of those people. I mean, I love watching the 49ers play football in general because of all the reasons that we're listing. But Debo's just special and he's uh he's incredibly fun to watch. I know we had a little bit more of a quiet year last season, but you know, if he's back to the form that he was the season prior,
1: I mean, look, look at the hustle by Ayuk. You see the last pancake block too. You can just see guys like the, the willing, the willingness to just work extra downfield to make sure that a play isn't just a thirty-yard game, that it does spring as a touchdown from all these guys. I mean, watch check he's the check down here. He accelerates to find work. You have you have fifteen accelerating to find work. Ayuk's going to come on the screen here on the I bottom here. He could easily just like give up and think Tebow's going to score. Instead he hits the guy and pancakes him <laughs> just to like, Hey, exclamation point on the play. Like it, right. it's just, it's, it's, and that's Ayuk. He's not. I was about him. to say,
0: and Ayuk I- is supposed to be like their, their actual like, like wide receiver that, you know, isn't maybe as quote unquote versatile, but you see him blocking the shit out of dudes. I mean, he's, he's a team player for sure. Um, And somebody I'm, I'm high on, especially as a fantasy sleeper, like he's, He has gotten better and better and better each year. I'm expecting this to kind of be like his big season, I think. Um, You know, he's, again, like a guy that maybe is, you know, wide receiver three or whatever when you look at the depth chart, but he's a very, very solid player. He's really coming to his own. Then we got, like I said, maybe not the best receiving titan in the league, but arguably the best blocking titan in the league. I mean, Kittle is no freaking joke man
1: i um, think no doubt he's the best blocking and i think he's still top three receiving which is totally. ridiculous this guy loves to block um that's how you finish a block man I, he, <laughs> and, and the fact that he just does it and just enjoys doing it, you can see he's yelling he's enjoying it you've seen him mic'd up he's taught talk, he talks shit while he does it he just oh, he loves he, football he's he loves always doing having this. fun
0: he, he he plays football like he's a little kid like he's the shit talk that he says uh while he's playing. I mean, there's there's that one stupid video of him just like literally laughing like he's a five-year-old yeah. kid as he's blocking he's the blocking shit him. out of somebody. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, I mean, this is just psycho. technically so good. I mean, the, oh, the slide, awesome. the slide step right here, the where he puts his hands and then just to continue to drive. You're a big physical specimen like this. Here's the thing there's a lot of guys, by the way, John, that are just like Kittle physically that could do this. To linebackers and safeties, whenever they want, right? It's a mental thing. It's a mental thing to decide. I'm going to impose my will on another grown man, and Kittle does it throughout the game. <laughs> it's like right. Kelsey could do Kelsey could do this whenever he wants to, <laughs> right? He doesn't. Darren Waller could do this whenever he wants to. He doesn't. Mark Andrews could do this whenever he wants to. He doesn't. And that that's what separates Kittle and why there's no doubt he's the best blocking tight end in the league. And um. It might not show up on the fantasy scoreboard or, you know, it might not always make the highlight reels. But he does so many things that are unsung and unnoticed for this for this team. And I mean, watch this really play. Yeah. I mean, this is the zoomed out. This is a 22 film um, clip, but he's at the top. Play. He's the top tight end. He's on the right hand side. Yeah. This is a goal line play. Um, this stuff stands out when you watch film in the 49ers. I mean this is he moves <laughs> like, his throw. Holy shit. like that's insane. I mean he's like he's literally pancaking him like eight yards down eight yards into like, the like... end zone. And listen, did he have to do this here? No. No. <laughs> no, because he's the backside block on an and a zone left running play. He's the right tight end. And he says, I don't care. I'm 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 posing my will. That's a choice. That is a choice right there. That's what separates them. And I absolutely love it. It's it's freaking awesome.
0: Um, I think you know, Mark and I are on the same page. This is one of our favorite offenses in the league for so many reasons. Like they they are just a treat to watch. It's like pinnacle, like, okay, here's like some incredibly schemed football, and then the personnel groups that you have to complement that scheme are just perfect for what Shanahan's trying to
1: do. And like
0: the cast is is so likable for that reason. It's a play the caller's
1: time. dream. It yeah really is it's, Shanahan it's is created, awesome. And that's why that's why there was no hesitation to trade for McCaffrey last year. when when they did it, how they did it, how it all worked out, uh, it did not surprise me at all because Kyle Shanahan saw an opportunity. He went and got a guy that is literally a jack of all trades. If there was ever a guy in the league that can do anything you ask him to do, it's Christian McCaffrey. He can block. He can run routes. he can throw for God's sake. Obviously, um, <laughs> obviously he can run. But he's just he's a do-it-all. And he's like, I I, I need that guy, on my team. And yeah. they went and got him. They made it happen.
0: Yeah. And um, you know, we I don't think we really had a ton of film for, for the defensive side of the ball for the Niners, too. And it's it's it, gonna look a little bit different with, with a little need, But yeah, here's the thing. I mean, Fred Warner's Yeah, one I was gonna say easily one of the better front sevens in the league. I mean, with Bosa mm-hmm. and Fred Warner, uh, they're incredible. It's it's gonna look different, it might not be, you know top three defense in the league with, with Ryan's. I'm not totally sure. Honestly, they, they retained a lot of their personnel, so we'll see what happens with it. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be just as dominant as it has been prior seasons. So, um, moving on to the Seahawks. Now, again, this team last season, this time, last season, everybody expected the Seahawks to be bottom five teams in the league. Mark and I included. Um, I don't think anybody is expecting Geno Smith to co- have his comeback season. I don't think anybody was expecting their defense to be as good as it was the run game to be as solid as it was. Um, I mean, overall, I think they surprised a lot of people. They still do have problems, but I think that this team is in a significantly better spot than where the Rams and the Cardinals are at. And I think that Pete Carroll was not messing around when he said, Nope, this is not a rebuild it's a reload. Right. I think that, um, you know, second, maybe only to the Eagles, their draft classes from the past two years have been like chef's kiss immaculate for what they've been trying to do. I mean, they've basically, you know, have a, an incredible trio of receivers. And on the other side of it, they now have three incredibly talented defensive backs as well. So, you know, if they, you're have a top, to bring back-
1: they have a top three um, receiving trio core in the league. They have a top probably six or seven running back duo in the league. Their quarterback was the question when Russell Wilson left. Geno Smith has come in and he played much better than Russell Wilson did last year. And he was, I mean, he was a pro bowler. So not, and you add the fact that they, like you said, with the Niners, they've they've retained pretty much their, both their starting lineups on both sides. And they drafted really well. And not only are they drafting these young guys that you think are going to do well, it's translating. Like these young guys are coming in and they're fitting into the system the way that they think that they will and hope that they will. That's There's very different things of drafting a player that everyone thinks is a good draft pick and then he doesn't pan out because it, maybe it's not the right fit or they put him on the field too soon. They're drafting guys at positions where they need them right now and the guys are actually mentally and physically ready to do what they need them to do. Um, you've seen them do it in the secondary. They've gotten some pass rushers. They got Jackson Smith and Jigba in this year's draft. I mean, you mix a guy that's a very much like Tyler Lockett in this ability that, that to run play vertical Sue Is just crazy. This I mean. throw is unbelievable. The tracking of the ball is unbelievable. Um, it's, you, you have to understand that this is going to be, an any down thing, this play-action shot play to guys like Lock and Metcalf, but I mean, and this JSN is a bold ass as well. play against this defensive this I know. defensive back core. He throws, <laughs> it, he throws it a three; it's triple covered, man.
0: Right, like, and again, like that's nothing to sneeze at against the Saints either. Like you know, again, one of the better like you know DB cores in the league, and I mean, it's crazy what the, what they accomplish here. And now you're adding in JSN to that mix, which is impressive. And then again, like their defensive back core is is Diggs. Um, they, they just picked up Witherspoon, and Woolen, and Woolen probably was the second best stunned. DB
1: in the in yeah.
0: out of the rookie class. Out of everything. he gets so. he gets
1: forgotten about because of how good Sauce was. But I think Woolen might end up being better than Sauce over the course of a, of the of their career. Like right. I really think that he's just as good, if not, gonna be better. So you have really good things going on in Seattle. I I really like this team. I like them as a sleeper to win this division. I like Gino as a sleeper to win the MVP, and I like them as a sleeper to make a run in the NFC. I mean, a lot of people talk about the Lions being that new team. Obviously, the 49ers and Eagles are going to be there in the picture in the NFC. Right. Um, but this and the Lions are my two new teams of, hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to the club. We're going to compete. And if yeah. there is a new team to, you know, trying to compete for an NFC title this year, do not be surprised if you see the Seattle Seahawks in that situation.
0: Yeah, I, it's, it's definitely, it's crazy how quickly they're able to kind of bounce back. They do have two weaknesses at this point that I I do want to make note of, because I think it will matter down the stretch for them. Interior offensive line, interior defensive line. Those were two glaring problems that everybody was expecting them to address in the draft. They didn't really. Um, I still think the guys that they picked up are good fits for them. I think that they were great draft picks, but those are two things that were, you know, they've kind of kicked the can down the road on again. You know every team has weaknesses, but uh, I just would be remiss not, John. It out, you so.
1: always, you always. It's like you're always one step ahead of me and say exactly. Like if you go back to this play, I wanted to show he as he talks about yes, the offensive line is weak. But if you pause Interior, it, you put it in line. slow motion. Watch the offensive line. Now watch what they do. Both tight ends here, 87 and 89, are in the pass pro. This is a full and 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 they do a full slide left protection where 87 comes across to help block on the right. And 89 stays as well. That's like a max protection, right? Because they know they're taking a shot down the field. They don't want to have any pressure on Geno Smith. I anticipate them doing more of stuff like this so that they can help out that offensive line that's struggling. You see teams that are struggling do that. And they run routes with only three receivers instead of four or five. And they keep a couple extra guys in to protect. And... If you have guys like Lockett, DK, and JSN, you don't need five receivers in a play because one of those guys is probably going to create enough separation to be open. And Gino right. throws the ball really well down the field. He's one of the best vertical passers in the NFL right now. He did this stuff in college, he's done this stuff for a long time. Like this is this is in his skill set. Making throws like this is not new to him. So I'm excited to see what they do. Um we found a good fit.
0: Oh, also another knock that I have on them. Um, you know, just while we're talking uniform game. Why does the numbers on these jerseys look like the, and I've mentioned this in prior podcasts, but like, it still bothers me. It looks like the background of like a a PNG, like a backgroundless picture or does like the checkerboard print. Why do they do that? It looks bad. Just straight. There's too much going on with their jerseys with the neon and the, again, like Mark and I say, like, this is like eighth grader fashion sense basically. I just I really struggle with their home jerseys. I think they need to get updated really badly. I just have to throw that in there.
1: I'm sorry. I just don't like when they do the all neon uniforms. I, yeah, those are horrible. I can horrible handle too. a little bit of neon as like an as an accent, you know, as This is ugly. This is bad.
0: I don't I don't even know what it's trying to be. Maybe there's something with Seattle and like whatever that it's paying homage to. I'm not sure. I just think the uniforms need to get up, updated very badly. And look, Hey, you look good. You play good. I don't think this looks good. Just, you know, want to point it out before we move on to the other stuff here. So that's
1: all I'm trying to say. Um, oh, here's JSN too. this. Yeah. Just show the clip. This is just an option route. You talk about like, you know, we talked about Coop, uh, Cooper Cup running these option routes, but watch JSN um, sits right in the zone. He knows its zone, recognizes it. And then to be able to make someone Holy look shit. that stupid and then turn on the Jets and score. I've done a full breakdown on JSN, on on TikTok, and on YouTube Shorts, going over some of his best plays at Ohio State, showing why it's going to translate to the NFL. I think this guy's the best receiver in the draft. I don't think it was close. Um, and I think he's in a perfect situation where he doesn't have to do everything. He's going to be their third option. And I think very well by the end of the year, he could be their second or first option. That's how good he is. Um, I'm incredibly excited to see these three guys work with Geno Smith.
0: Yeah, I mean – that's the thing is he has, uh, you know, Smith for his faults. I think he's in a perfect system because he has no shortage of weapons to to check down to Um, their run game looked really good last year. As Mark said that, you know, they have a very good running back duo to work with. Like it's going to be dangerous for sure. Um And yeah, so moving on to the Cardinals, which, like I said, we don't really have any film for them. We just basically have, What's their draft class look like? And <laughs> I think I actually like this because one, they traded away a decent amount of capital for next season, which I think is a great idea when you're bringing in, you know, new management, new coaching staff. Let's see what you have got for this year, and then figure out what problems you want to address next year. Did you, John?
1: Did you see the the irony of where Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is uh, coaching? No, where is he's, he coaching? He took a coaching he's, job. He's, he's doing it. he's yeah. He's a specialist coach with uh, USC. So he's going to be working with Caleb Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. the guy that's going to probably be picked. Yeah. To come and, in and take over for Kyler is now going to be Kingsbury. <laughs> so, so that's,
0: year. that's where I was going next was the other thing is they're really not going to be good this year. So the fact they're loaded up on draft capital, um, you know, and they're probably going to have some high picks for this draft. Probably, uh, you know, a pretty good move on their part. Um, no
1: one's thinking Arizona's going to do anything this year. If you're a Cardinals fan and you think that they're going to be relevant, I think you're probably yeah. insane. We were wrong about surreal. the Seahawks. I, I genuinely it's, believe this, yeah. this team is picking first overall they, next year. They may tank. They may tank on purpose. I, I think they may lose games on purpose. I think four and a half wins is. Generous to give to say that they that's their over under. I think that three wins will be tough for them. That's, um, so, yeah, okay, okay. So, um, <laughs> look now, taking a look at this
0: draft class though. I mean, who did they lose, right? They lost AJ Watt, um, they lost both of their receivers. Their offensive line has been horrendous the past couple
1: of years. They did so, improve their own line in this draft.
0: Yeah. Investing in Paris Johnson, great. I mean, I would say, you know, there's there's a couple of debates. I would say he was the best tackle that you could pick in this draft class. Um he's gonna be a stud. Uh then oh, BJ, I think it's Ojolari, uh, yeah. the edge rusher out of LSU. Great round two pick. I think that he's gonna pan out. And you got Garrett Williams out of Syracuse. Now he's coming off of injury, but he has really good ball skills. Um, I think this—you're getting a lot of value for a third-round pick here. Um, grabbing a guy out of Stanford that I don't really haven't watched a whole lot of film um, out of, so I'm not gonna bullshit you and act like I know what I'm talking about for him. Um, John Gaines too, which it, this guy is probably going to be an interior offensive line guy. But again, making investments there because of how not great it was. Um, Clayton tune quarterback out of Houston, um, best at LB and, you know, just kind of run down the list here. But I do think that like, you know, these first three or four picks are going to be guys that start for them at, you know, at some point this year. Um, and so I think that, you know, again, preparing for the future Cardinals fans, we, ha- we posted a video about this that did pretty well a couple months ago. You guys might be the worst team in the NFL this season, but I do think that there is a little bit more of a plan in place for how you plan on getting to next season with the shit ton of draft capital you're going to have and, and, you know, potential to, you know, either decide on whether or not they're going to roll with Kyler or they're going to trade him
1: away and, you know, go the Caleb yeah.
0: Williams route or whatever else is going to go. There, on. But, there's a lot
1: of new, there's a lot of new in Arizona, but there's, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that it's all bad uh, on the defense side of the ball. You, you still have, for the time being, Buda Baker, who's one of the best at what he does in the in the NFL. I know he demanded a trade. Doesn't sound like he's going to get it. Um, but Buda Baker, you still have him. Uh, you still have Isaiah Simmons, who I think is one of the most versatile linebackers slash safeties in the league. I'm still mad that the Lions didn't draft him um, when they had the opportunity to. He, he's the guy that does everything well for them. So it's not all bad. You still have some key pieces to build around. Obviously, it's going to be a tough year. Um, you're not in an easy division. You're not, you're not, you don't have an easy schedule. Your quarterback is injured, Um, new coaches, a lot of new faces, but you do have some anchored pieces that if you can hold on to them and keep them uh, bought in, you can build around. So the future is definitely bright for Arizona. I think it's brighter than people realize. And I don't think it's going to take four or five years to rebuild them into, you know, a competitive franchise. Uh, I think that probably just one down year and you could be looking at a team that competes in this division in the next 2 maybe 3 years. Yeah.
0: Um but in the meantime, expect like a 3 or 4 weeks
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, Sean's <laughs> like, like oh, like
1: all that sounds good but like hey, your guys are going to suck.
0: This year is going to be brutal. And hey, sometimes you need a brutal year to build something great. Um, you know, uh I have friends that that built successful businesses that sucked the first year. Mark and I basically talked to ourselves for the first year of doing this. Oh, we started to catch catch steam, you know. I guess, end of the, the regular season or so. But point is, is that uh, good things might be coming later, but they're not coming this season. And if you haven't figured out what I'm going to say about this over-under for the Cardinals, I am taking under. I think they're going to be like a three-win team
1: yeah. if they're lucky. Under on the Cardinals, I'm going to go uh, under on the Rams. I'm going to go over on the Seahawks, and I'm going to go over on the Niners.
0: Rams, I think I'm going to go over. I think they're going to be like a seven win team. So just barely um, I'm with you on Seahawks and Niners. I think both these teams are going to go over, um, you know, I think Brock birdie definitely has, you know, how far can he take this team? Um, but Shanahan seems all bought in on it. Uh, I think Shanahan's ability to pivot from the original plan that that original plan being Trey Lance is impressive. And, you know, I still think this team is going to be an 11, 12, 13 win team this season and you know compete to to go to the super bowl on the nfc side of things like i do legitimately think that that is in the 49ers future for the third season in a row is to be competing for you know the nfc championship so
1: i think seattle i think seattle wins the division interesting
0: i do what, what do you think their win total is then do you think this is like gross i think they win 10 or 11 games
1: okay got you think i that's think it's fair they're... Yeah, I think they. I think they probably split the series with the Niners. I think they get them once, um, and I, I just think that they come out on top of this division. Yeah. So looking ahead to next week of preseason,
0: right? We're going to see a little bit more starters, a little bit more fringe guys playing. Anything that you're kind of excited about going into uh, this next week here?
1: Um, no, obviously with the preseason being three three weeks instead of four weeks now, the um, shortening that the opportunity for these guys, these fringe guys, is less. Um, so you have less overall chances to make a name for yourself in in camp and in these preseason moments. And uh, I just look forward to seeing guys compete and continuing to watch the quarterback development, see if any of these guys figure it out a little bit more after they get those first-game Jitters out of the way. Um, And and I'm also just really interested to see, you know, Hard Knocks comes out tonight. Uh, I'm curious to see if they cover any of the Delvin Cook news, how the the team reacts to that, Um, and just more of – the rest of the guys, right? Aaron Rodgers was all episode one. I mean, we didn't get a chance to really talk about it because we we filmed last week the night before or the night of it coming out, so we hadn't seen it yet. But episode one was the Aaron Rodgers show. Uh, I hope that it, we get some more stuff on Sauce, some more stuff on maybe some of the defensive players. Uh, hope our guy Conklin gets a little bit of airtime. Um, some more stuff maybe in the coaches' meetings and stuff like that, like like Hard Knocks is supposed to be. Like We want to see inside of what's happening with, with everything, not just their, you know their new franchise right. superstar those, those fringe yeah. guys
0: that they focus on really is what makes hard knocks an entertaining show so yeah i completely agree um yeah everybody thanks for tuning in and uh, you know we got um afc south next week week after that we obviously have nfc south and then that's it that's all eight divisions and we will be going into um you know the actual season Following that, opening it up oh, with, oh. with our Detroit Lions playing the Kansas City Chiefs. So, so it's going to be a
1: pretty – It's right play. around the corner. It's right around the corner, man. College okay. football is coming back as well. Um, we have our first high school game a week from Friday. I mean, this shit's here, man. It is here. Yeah, How's, how's the team looking so far? And who do you guys open the season with? It's not – St. You know, St. Lake, St. Mary's. Okay. Um, and we we open up at their place. Um we, we look okay. We're, we're getting there. We're just finished up. The last day of camp was today. So we're getting there. It's a work in progress. Good stuff.
0: Um, well, hey, everybody, thanks for checking us out. We are looking forward to seeing you guys next week to cover the AFC South. Hope you guys enjoy the preseason games and looking forward to catching up
1: next week. Peace. See you guys.